You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Broken records, the albums you wouldn't shut up about. Broken records, the music our guests can't live without. Like Judy, Barbara, Liza, Bet, Betty, Audra, Bernadette. We broadcast this podcast with hopes that someday we might get Patty Welcome to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. I'm Ben Rimmelauer, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Danielle Nolan. Hey, y'all. Today's guest is one of the most distinctive and thrilling voices in modern Broadway history, Linda Etter. <laughs> here, here. Linda came to fame winning on Star Search and then leapt to big-time theater when she became the muse of composer Frank Wildhorn, eventually starring in several of his musicals, including on Broadway, Jekyll and Hyde. And early on, Linda's work on stage and on many of her successful albums drew eager comparisons to Barbara Streisand. It's not hard to see why, given Linda's luscious vocal lines and expansive breath. Yes, and that almost metallic way her head voice can just open up right into her belt with complete lack of vibrato. I live for it. Yes. No surprise, then, that Linda has chosen to chat with us about My Name is Barbara. Where do I begin? With that album. Mm. So much to say. Um, but I will say, there is um, my favorite, one of my favorite recordings of uh, Barbara Streisand is um, from her original uh, set at the Bonsoir, which I listen to all the time, as, as you do. <laughs> Shit, Danielle Nolan says. Uh, and there's this, there's... On one, there's two different sets that you can listen to there that are. they recorded. I did not yeah. know this. Yeah. But there's a really wonderful thing she does where she sings My Name is Barbara mm. straight into Much More from The Fantastics. Oh. And it is beautiful. My mother said that babies come in bottles. But last week she said they grew on special baby bushes. Believe in the stalks either. They're all in the zoo, busy with their own babies. And what's a baby bush anyway? My name is Barbara. I'd love to swim in a clear blue stream where the water is icy cold then go to town in a golden gown and have my fortune told Just once, just once, just once before I'm old, I'd like to be not evil, but a little worldly wise, to be the kind of girl 
but the way the recordings are, the tracks are, it's like, you know, there's like this huge like three second gap between each track for some reason. Painful. <laughs> yeah. So like I literally have to manually go in and like right as the music comes off, I have to switch it to the next track and it just in that way Robert's like no no that's why you you can't just play it on iTunes what you have to do (laughs) you have GarageBand on your do you have an Apple computer she's like Jason told me how to use GarageBand the other day he's so funny with his technology (laughs) um yeah so I love that so much um I'm gonna get out the old I wish we had an intern to do this but who did we decide our intern was? Um, some, that Broadway Evita twink. Ooh, look what I was looking up. <laughs> what <were you laughs> Most looking recently up? on Google Images. Mark Henderson Photography. Mm-hmm. Um, I see a lot of ass. Uh-huh. But it's, some also some headshots. It's, it's artistic, <laughs> you know. Classic, classic New York house. It's headshots and ass. It's all the same. Who's that fellow in the, oh, they're all wearing wet white t-shirts. Yeah, it's like, at one point that was like the hot new trend was photographing men. Uh, wearing no pants, shirts that were wet in pools. Mm. We should bring that back for 2020, maybe. Maybe this summer we could get uh, one of our photographer friends to uh, take some photos of us in the pool like that. No, we should have white t-shirts of Broken Records logo, and then every time we have a hot guy at our house in Fire Island, we should make them get in the pool in the shirt. Yes, totally, totally. Well, let's become like thirst traps slash podcasts. Yes, uh, a thirst cast. A pod... Of pod trap. <laughs> okay, back to Barbara. We'll be a podcast. Is, oh, is that a thing? Somebody needs to do a podcast. A bottom cast. I think that's been done. Yeah, it's called. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> okay. Uh, Alba, my name is Barbara. Okay, so let's just go through it. Let's do that. My name is Barbara, which. I, I love, but mostly... You have a big that. asterisk next to that because you don't really enjoy My Name is Barbara when it doesn't go into much more. Much more, yes, And from yes. now on, my enjoyment will be diminished as well. Right, right. Thank you. Thank you for making me less happy and smarter. Yes, I, that's that's what I do. Uh, okay, so the next one is A Kid Again slash I'm Five. Yes, I love I'm both. Five. I'm Five all I love. the way. The house down. Dress myself, I don't need mom to help me anymore. And when I sit in my father's chair, my feet can't reach the floor. See that? I'm five. I'm five. I'm a big girl, now I'm five. My mother doesn't spank me just for going without a hat. She knows darn well I'd run away, cause I'm too old for that. What does she think? I'm three? Not me. What does she think? I'm four? I'm more than four. I'm even more than four and a half. I want to hear Molly Pope sing I'm Five, but I want it to be, like, with, like, a cigarette and, like... Like, I want to hear Molly sing it, like, a... Like, like Molly Ironically, <laughs> yeah. I feel um, like I'm Five is, um... Is that song known outside of Barbara Streisand? No, I think... I so mean, all the people that know it, wait, like, it, know like, it Peter from Matt's Barbara? Oh, is it, was it, like, first recorded by her? her? It's not, like, a familiar old tune? It's so no, amazing how you can so. just look these things up so ins- instantaneously. Um, I'd be at the library. It was written by, was written by Milton Schaefer. Um, it does not say why it was written, but I, I feel like... <laughs> why was it written? I feel like it was written. Tell me why. Okay, so I'm five. I love it. 
And then Jenny Rebecca. Which I was is never fine. that into Jenny I don't like, Rebecca. I don't like name songs. It, I'll, me either, yeah. unless the name is Barbara mm-hmm. um, or change to Patty. Mm-hmm. Um, like, Patty. Pool that starts with P and that stands for Patty. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. Uh, but also, Jenny Rebecca feels like a, like it, what's the word? Like, it presages, like it foreshadows the, like, Laura Ashley, like, French country estate, yeah. floral, Barbra Streisand yeah. of, like, the 90s yeah, yeah, yeah. through the aughts and teens that we don't like so yeah, much. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, you're not Jenny Rebecca. You're, like, you're Barbara, Barbara Jones. Jones. And your real name's probably, like, Gittle Simcha or something. <laughs> Jenny Rebecca, I wish she'd named a dog that. Well, I'm sure she has plenty more in the freezer. <laughs> she could. <laughs> One's coming up. Okay. Next is My Paw, which I don't really even don't remember, can't that. remember that one. Um, Sweet Zoo, hate it. Wait, um, which one is Sweet Zoo? It's one with the, like the elephants. The elephants. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no. I'm, I think I'm starting to mix up the whole circus thing from Color Me, yeah. Barbara. Yeah, and all these songs are like literally a minute 30. So oh, yeah. So it's really a medley just broken. Where's the wonder, for though? No explicable reason. Where's the wonder? I love. There's a lot. I got no strings from Pinocchio. Yes, that is one of Barbara's great, great recordings. Mm. I got no strings, so I have fun. I'm not tied to anyone. How I love my liberty. There are no strings on me. No ties to bind me. It's not easy to find me. Watch Over Me, which I don't quite remember that one. Um, why did I choose you and if you were the only boy in the world? Um, okay, who do you associate those two songs with besides Barbara? Why did I choose you and if you were the only boy in the world? It's like, why did I choose... This is not right. <laughs> but I, I'm thinking of Barbara Cook doing it. Okay, like, yes, Why yes. did I choose you? Uh, something like that. And then if you're the only boy in the world, I 100% think of Bernadette, even though I know that it's actually like a lot of You know of who I think of it. is uh, Rihanna? Because it's like, if you like only feel like I'm the only girl in the world. <laughs> in the world. How would Barbara sing that? If you were the only boy in the world. (laughs) But that's girl in the world. You make me feel like I'm the only girl in the world. Yeah, I I know, but I'm just saying, like, that's what I, when I see this title, that's what I think of. Gotcha. Um, I feel like very valued, cherished when I said that. (laughs) Yeah. Jane. (laughs) Yeah. So so I was right. (laughs) So I was right. I'm right. I'm right. It's Lena. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I just took a big journey with the comeback, as you did as well. 
I mean, what happened for me, personally speaking, that, like, um, I had I had just been going through a lot uh, over the last couple months, and I really, like, wasn't in a space uh, to, like, get into new TV shows. And I was able to marathon a couple of shows that I was already into that had new seasons come out mm-hmm. to stream, like Mrs. Maisel and mm-hmm. The Crown. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't ready to, like, start new things, like, uh, what is it, like... Uh, uh, what's the thing everybody's watching? The de- not the Departed, not Mine Hunter. What's the the Watchmen? You know, Watchmen, or yeah. just whatever. But um, uh, so I was just like watching Friends, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, and then they ripped it out of my cold dead hands. Yeah. Um, and so <laughs> then I was like, oh, what do I watch? And I randomly, even though I've watched it so many times, start, mm-hmm. but it had been a minute. Um, I started watching the comeback mm-hmm. again and just like got sucked in marathon the entire right. series and loved it even more and even more deeply than ever before. Lisa Kudrow is like my new Brill. spirit animal. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then I came over a couple, well, last week, I guess, and we watched the pilot episode and then that in turn inspired me to go home and take the full journey again, which I hadn't, I'd only watched both seasons once like years ago. So this time really, really, really spoke to me. Yeah. I'm, I, now that I'm older. But so what left me then, I was like, what am I going to watch now? Mm-hmm. And I realized that because I had been watching, right before I started watching Friends as my comfort TV, I'd been doing Seinfeld. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, uh, so I decided that Friends is to the comeback as Seinfeld is to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Yes, yes, that scans. And um, so I am now rewatching Curb, and we were just talking about how, like, it doesn't start off that strong, mm-hmm. but I, you have to, like, have faith because it eventually gets really good. Yes. And, okay, so speaking of your recent journeys, should yes. we go through the diva list? Let's do it. Let's do it. Um. Well, okay, so the main component of my recent uh, journey has been that my, um, uh, in, the, in the recovery program, in the 12-step programs, I have uh, been really leaning hard right now, and I have a new idea of my higher power, which is basically uh, Barbara Cook. Yes. And yes. I've always loved Barbara Cook. The other Barbara. Uh, the, well, Barbara. Barbara. There's only one, a Barbara. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll let you decide which one we mean in our in our. Theme I will song. never <laughs> let you decide. <laughs> our theme song's about Streisand, but um, but I really uh, I've just gotten into Barbara Cook in a new way. The thing is, like, I'd always loved Barbara Cook, um, and I fell really in love. I'd loved her when I was like in high school and really into musical theater as like just the greatest soprano in musical theater history. Sure. You know, I mean, you can't touch her in Candide or The Music Man mm-hmm. or She Loves Me. And um, in college, I got really into uh, her cabaret work, mm-hmm. um, especially, you know, from the 70s, uh, 80s, and th- this was in the 90s. And so she was still really, you know, at the peak of it. And I just felt like her voice is so unique and it really, you know, we talk a lot about these like high belters and stuff, Mm -hmm. but to me, Barbara Cook is like this soprano whose middle range is basically just high belting.
and like so so I and 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 when she goes low, uh, it's more seamless than it is with Audra McDonald. But similarly to Audra, she really goes low into like a like chest voice with like very like mm-hmm. you know kind of rich chocolatey resonance Ooh, in her low yes. notes, you know, mm-hmm. and um, so I love that about her. And and in her cabaret career, she really uh, perfected the art of using that really expressively. And she talks about, well, being inspired by Judy Garland in terms of um, making a song have like a beginning, middle, and end, mm-hmm. like a like a one-act play. Mm-hmm. But she talks about being inspired by the great cabaret saloon singer Mabel Mercer. And one of the things she said a lot about Mabel Mercer was how Mabel Mercer uh, broke the rules about you have to sing the vowels and just quickly get through the consonants as clearly and quickly and, you know, painlessly as possible. Mm-hmm. But Mabel Mercer broke that rule and leaned on consonants. And and Barbara Cook thought that was so brilliant the way Mabel Mercer did it. She actually says that when Mabel Mercer came to see her, she was embarrassed because she felt like she was just, like, stealing from Mabel oh, Mercer. Wow. But when you listen to Barbara Cook thinking about that, you hear that so much. It's not where you start. It's where you finish. It's not how you go. It's how you land A hundred to one shot They call him a klutz Can outrun the favorite All he needs is the guts Your final return Will not diminish And you can be the cream of the crop it's not where you start. It's where you finish. And she just has such a way of just certain syllables and words, just like giving them all this expressiveness mm-hmm. by like, you know, she'll be in the middle of a very, very singing, a, a very vocally produced vocal line. And just like one syllable or one word She'll sort of speak outside the um, the music, mm-hmm. like just kind of um, either on a like falling down, you know, the the scale, not the scale, but you know, kind of sliding down on uh-huh, it or even uh-huh. sliding up on it. But it'll just sound more like a sigh or like a. It just gives it this extra expressive intonation. Yes. yes. <clears throat> so um, I got really obsessed with that stuff in college, and. Um, I didn't get to see her. There was one time we were supposed to go, me and my friend Danny Codmer, and we wound up not being able to get to the venue in time. We missed the show. I was so mad at him. Um, And uh, the first time I saw her live then was after they had done the Sondheim celebration uh, at the... Or the Sondheim... What was it called? I think it was called the Sondheim Celebration at the Kennedy Center in, uh-huh, like, 2002, uh-huh. where they did this, like, festival of, like, these little productions of all his musicals with a lot of big stars. It's mm-hmm. when Brian Sitz Mitchell and Christine Baranski did Sweeney Todd mm-hmm. and um, Raul Esparza and Melissa Errico did Sunday in the Park with George. And there was all these great productions. It was Judith Light was in Company. Uh, and that was with John Barrowman. It was a great... And so then they did One Night Only at Avery Fisher Hall in New York City with the New York Philharmonic highlights from that. And one of the things in the Kennedy Center Sondheim uh, celebration had been Barbara Cook doing her one-woman show that she had premiered at Carnegie Hall, mostly Sondheim, Mm -hmm. which was based on this New York Times magazine article interview with him where he had talked about not only uh, the songs of his that he was most proud of, but songs by other people that he wished he had written. Uh And so Barbara and her brilliant 
uh, three decades long collaborator and who in some ways was responsible for reinventing her as this cabaret singer in the mid seventies, a great, Mm -hmm. great musical director and composer and arranger, Wally Harper. Uh, Wally had the idea of them doing this show, mostly Sondheim that was Sondheim songs, but also, uh, the songs that he had said he wished he'd written, which coincidentally included a couple that Barbara herself had introduced. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, so this was a big thing at Carnegie Hall. It became one of her best-selling albums, and she toured it all over the world. It was even yet another new height of her success. Mm-hmm. And so they did that in the Sondheim thing. So they did two songs from that at this Avery Fisher Hall that I attended. And um, it was like, anyone can whistle and losing my mind. And I sat there in my dumbass 26 or 27-year-old mind being like, you know, she doesn't really like hold the notes as long as she used to. And really what I love about her is her voice. So I'm just editing the Barbara Cook description in the Wikipedia of my brain to be like, no longer as good, not worth my time. Oh, no. And so I had all these wonderful opportunities to see these major concerts and uh-huh. cabaret engagements that uh-huh. she did over the next few years that I didn't yes, go to. wasted. I mean, in fairness, you know, I didn't have a lot of money and tickets were expensive, etc., right. but I didn't go. And then finally, a few years later, um, I got invited, uh, like I got to see her at the Carla, at, uh, sorry, at Feinstein's at the Regency um, but I was, like, so drunk, I barely remember it, except, like, going over to Betty Buckley and being like, I, I, so I know you're a fan of her, so it's, like, really good to see you here. Oh and she God. was sort of like, thank you. Thank you, security. <laughs> and, um, yeah, and then, like, I saw her in Sondheim on Sondheim and Broadway. Um, and I'd sort of been like, well, she's one of the greats. Um, but I right. had, but I didn't really think her current work at that time was that important to me. Right. And then when her book came out, <clears throat> I read it and I loved it. I loved reading about her getting sober and everything. And I was thrilled when she got the Kennedy Center honor. And they had, I mean, I think maybe one of my favorite of all the Kennedy Center honors tributes they've done was the one to her, which was with Patty and Audra and Sutton Foster and Rebecca Luker and Kelly O'Hara and Laura Osnes. And um, what's that woman? Not Meryl Streep, but um, doesn't matter. Um, Glenn Close. Don't remember. Um, and uh, anyway, so that uh, that was all wonderful, and then and then you know sadly she passed away. Um, but so recently I've gotten so much back into her, and I've like reread read her book twice. And what I've actually realized is that I'm a fucking idiot. That actually when she got into her 80s and her ability uh-huh. to hold notes did diminish a little bit, mind you, still really great. Mm-hmm. And maybe she lost some of her upper register a little bit, mind you, still hitting like G's. Like, and I think even still B-flats. Um, I mean... Like, but oh no, Mr. Rimmelauer must have a C-natural or he's not coming. But uh, she actually became even more genius at being expressive and moving and singing just with, like, truth and feeling and just all of humanity. And so now I'm listening to every single thing she ever recorded mm-hmm. and the bootlegs, and I'm just so deep into it. Mm-hmm. So something major has now shifted, which is yes. that I have made... I don't know if we've ever referred to it on the pod before but i have a personal diva ranking yes yes um and i won't go into great detail except <laughs> that number one is judy garland and number two is patty lupone yes which is the way it's been for a very long time yes. as long as Several it's existed and um you know people will often say to me ben and i'll be like what and they'll be like can i ask you something and i'll be like sure you know uh-huh. and like they'll be like Patty's not number one? What? You know, and they try to start it up with me, but I'm like, no. Patty's yeah. Jesus. Judy is, like, the father god. You right, know, exactly. To put it in, it's like in the, Christian the terms, Trinity, you know? Yeah. So that all made sense to me, but I have to say 
Jesus got bumped to number three because Barbara Cook is the, the Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Yes! <laughs> and um, She sure is. So uh. she really is like, and I don't know, like right now Judy is number one and Barbara Cook is number two and I guess that's probably the way it will stay. Yeah. But I'm real, real into Barbara Cook right now. And uh, the other interesting thing is that um, after Patty on the list always came uh, Barbara Streisand, uh-huh. and then Liza Minnelli, and then Bette Midler. Uh-huh. And um, due to our experiences this uh, last summer, where mm-hmm. I really leaned in hard on Bette, Same. I have now raised Bette up above Liza and Barbara. So crazy. I love. And um, it's so crazy, because I actually went through a kind of hating on Bet phase a couple years really? ago. I mean, Hello, Dolly really, like, threw me full throttle back into love. Right, right. And Bet's albums, I've always loved, and they are my, like, life, you know? Yeah. But um, I really didn't like her... It started when she was on Kathy Griffin, the on My Life on the D-List. We're going back oh, now quite I a few years. I remember that. I watched that a long time I ago. I used to love that show. And I remember, like, falling in love with Cher when she was on that show. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, Kathy would just be, like, her, like, eccentric, lovable, crazy, you know, self. And, and Cher right. was just like, oh, Kathleen, you crazy cunt. Yeah, yeah, You know, yeah. whatever. I mean, Cher, you know, Kathy could be like, Cher, like, you know, gay guys are so obsessed with you. Do you ever let them, like clean your toilet or like go through your trash Uh, or do you ever like make them your slave and she'd be like oh shut up Kathleen right right, you know it was just like all in good spirit yeah whereas when she had Bette Midler on Bette was like appearing in Vegas I think it's when she was doing the show Girl Must Go On Mm -hmm. and like they were like having lunch or like dinner or something and like like, not having it Bette was very much like not happy with the water that the restaurants served and like just like Ooh. it reminded me of like Barbara in the 90s yeah which first of all I mean Barbara's Barbara and like I'm happy to say in these modern era that we're in now mm-hmm. Barbara is a little less like that than she used to be sure. but also like she's Barbara like lover or hater that's kind of part of her thing that's what she's known but for. you really want Bet to be like with her tits hanging out like at the bathhouse yeah. like not you don't want her to be complaining about like the water right and like so I really didn't enjoy that and she was like kind of weird and like not rolling with it with yeah. Kathy but I kind of like got over that because like it's the art not the artist you know mm-hmm. but then when she was in that play I'll Eat You Last on Broadway mm-hmm. Maybe my expectations were too high because, like, I love that movie that Stephen Sondheim co-wrote. Um, it takes place on the uh, the yacht. What's it? Uh, the Last of Sheila. Okay. Have you ever seen it? Mm-hmm. Oh my god, you need to watch it. Yes. No, no, no. It's but it's it takes place in the seventies. It's in the seventies. It takes place in the seventies on this yacht, and Diane Cannon, who I'm so obsessed with from mm-hmm. this movie, plays this character very much based on Sue Mangers. Yeah. And it's amazing. You oh. will like become a Diane Cannon queen like instantaneously. Yes. So I was like, if Diane Cannon could do that, just imagine what Bette Midler can do. Right, you right. know? Um, but... But I did not feel that way. I felt like the whole play, Bette was like, wishing that she had, like, a glass shield protecting her from, yeah. like, the audience's germs. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. I just did not f- enjoy it. I, I felt that there was something... Uh, alienating and like standoffish and ungenerous mm. about her energy and um, I don't know I, I so you know my and my, my best friend Marissa kept being like you have a weird thing about Beth that's like not about Beth that's about your mother and I was like okay <laughs> thank you like pop psychology 101 yeah, slash yeah, like yeah. fuck you mom yeah, <laughs> but yeah, no yeah. I love you mommy but like doesn't matter she doesn't listen but um, 
But anyway, that's where I was. So I, I tried to take my own feelings with a grain of salt. Feelings mm-hmm. are not facts. But I also was, like, not that psyched about Bette Midler. Um, and then Hello, Dolly, I thought she was, like, the greatest Broadway performance. Right. And as much as I wish to God it was Patty, I kind of felt like Patty couldn't have had the triumph that Bette had. Right. For various right. reasons, most of which have nothing to do with talent. But still. Yeah. Such a star. At the end of the day, bottom line, net, net, it had to be bet. Um, <laughs> and so. Nothing but net. Nothing but, but that said, having nothing to do with that, my real true, and we, I, we might have talked about this on the pod before, my true uh, intellectual appreciation of the superiority of bet mm-hmm. came with the standard for all we know. Yes. Not to be confused with our favorite Shirley Bassey, Karen, Karen Carpenter, Carol Burnett song, yes. for all we know. Um, this is the, for all we know, from the From the Boys soundtrack. Yeah, well, and I originally knew the boys. from the Barbra Streisand, the concert album, where yeah. it's like her, from 93 or whatever, where Which it's is, like her final encore. Yeah, it's bad. <laughs> it's useless. I mean, she <laughs> might as well be singing, like, I mean, in fairness to Barbara, although also in critique of her choice, uh-huh. it's not that amazing of a song. Like, if you're going to have a bad, your final, it's, it's not, song. she acts like it's like, it had to be you, or like, yeah. you know, um, the way you look tonight, or yeah. some just like, perfect, timeless, classic Mm. standard that has, like, universal appeal, you know. But it isn't that. It really isn't that. And she sings it as if it were that and bringing nothing to it. And it gets nothing from it. And it's useless. It's a dead track. Yeah. And I was shocked when I came across, and I realized that that was this song on Bette Midler's For the Boys soundtrack, Mm -hmm. which is basically a solo album, because Bette does actually what I'm kind of talking about Barbara Cook doing, although Mm -hmm. if you're talking about this alone, of like leaning into the phrasing, Mm -hmm. Bette actually does this better maybe than anybody. I mean, in fairness, it's kind of all she has for the most part, but she has it in spades. Yes. And when she's, and it's part of why she's so great at doing this sort of like period piece kind of mm-hmm, numbers mm-hmm. because she really leans into that on For All We Know. And it's, you listen to Beth sing For All We Know and, oh, this is going to be great to play the Barbara Streisand version yeah. and the Beth yeah, version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Beth version is like magical because she makes it, she slides into that first It note. becomes so evocative. just it's magical it's transporting in a way that the barbara one is just absolutely boring and worthless yeah, yeah, yeah. um <laughs> so 
that said, and then really just like, you know, I've always loved Bette's best albums. Her first two albums, The Divine Miss yes, M and, yes. and her self-titled album, Bette Midler. I've always, I grew, I mean, even before I really got into like diva solo albums, just mm-hmm. in my childhood when it was a number one pop album, The Beaches soundtrack is sure. just like one number one classic mm-hmm. rendition after another. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, I got really into... Uh, various uh, other Bette Midler albums, like at the t- I guess, what were the ones I got into? Well, Broken Blossom, which was not successful from yes, the 70s. I do love that. I, I really love and mm-hmm. have loved for a long time. And when it came out in the 90s, her like 90s, like Alterna pop album. Um, uh, uh, oh my Roses? God. Yeah, Bet of Roses. I was really obsessed with that from the day it came out, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and her tribute albums to Rosemary Clooney and Peggy Lee, of course, sure. are great, but they're, you know, very yeah. genre, yeah, if yeah, you yeah. will. And uh, what am I forgetting? Like, I had loved Bathhouse Betty, but in a way that was kind of like a genre thing. But I had sort of written off... Oh, and I already loved um, the For the Boys soundtrack. Sure. And I loved, um, although in a sort of second tier at that time, I loved, uh, what's the album with From a Distance? Some People's Lives. Yes, I like But that. I'd written off her, like, sort of, like, less successful disco-y, like, later like, 70s album. Mm-hmm. Thighs and Whispers. Thighs and Whispers. Um, to, for the most part, songs for New Depression, except for one or two mm-hmm. tracks. And um, certainly, like, Mud Will Be Flung Tonight, uh, which is basically, yeah. like, a it's comedy like a album. Yeah. And, like, uh, No Frills. Like, yeah, I really had just favorite. sort of, like, written those off. But over the summer... I came to feel. I mean, basically, my whole adult life as a diva lover is a journey from being like, I like their early work when they sang show tunes and standards. I Uh do not like when they try to do pop, Uh to being like, "Mm, no, I actually do like when they try to do pop. And, um, you know, now just basically the entire back catalog. And, like, do not tell me that Thighs and Whispers is not equal to her greatest albums because I absolutely love for it. The amount of like just passion and phrasing and specificity and just like musicality that Bet brings to like, you know, cradle days or like My Nights in Black Leather or, like, mm-hmm. Hang On In There, Baby. Hang On In There, Baby. Oh, you know, right. I mean, and, like, you know, I mean, Big Noise from Winneka I already enjoyed because I liked when she did it in Live at Last as, like, a, opening you number. know, as, like, an opening number. But actually, it's, like, just a great piece of music. It's a great track. So good. And it's, that, that track is so fun to walk around the city in the summer to because, like, the beat is just the perfect. I'm it's hot, but it's cool. It's hot, but it's cool. Um, it's just like driving, but it's fun.
then, of course, I like to cool down. It's driving, but it's chill. Driving, but it's chill. And then, you know, you go to my, my night in black leather, um, married men. By the way, hanging but uh, driving but chill is a very good uh, description of part of what's something so special that Bette can do. Mm-hmm. Because you imagine her coming out as the opening number doing uh, Big Noise from Winnetka. Uh-huh. And you see that she's strutting across the stage. Yeah, her and she's walk. in heels. Uh-huh. And her hands, her elbows are up and her hands are out like gay style with like yeah, limp yeah, yeah. wrists. Uh-huh. And she's kind of waddling as if she was, like, a rich lady, like, going to, like, grab, like, her, like, iced tea in the uh-huh, backyard. Uh-huh. It's very, like, down down Beverly Hills. Yeah. But it's also fast and on the beat. Like, right. she's doing this waddle that sort of seems, like, lazy and, like, right. hanging yeah. out. But it's also very much, like, two, four, six, eight, go! Yeah. Yeah. Come on, girls! Like, yeah. there's... She, it's so amazing how she can be... I think it's a mixture of cocaine and quaaludes. Sure, yeah. Um... So I love that, and then I like to cool down with Hang On In There, Baby, which was, like, my top play track of last year. Oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's it's like seven minutes or something, but it's, like... I wish it was 14. Yeah, it's just, like, I never get sick of it. It, like, really grounds me. Yes. part at the beginning where she's like um uh no I ain't gonna hurt you you know mm. it's just like comforting it's like oh I mean I love her so much nobody can do like stylized like intro dialogue yes as well as yes I mean Bet does it so well and who and the person who does it the worst is Barbara Streisand <laughs> as we as you can see on her hello oh Hi, Hello, honey. Jim. What's that? <laughs> you can't make it? No, of, oh. of, of course I understand. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll, I'll talk to you later. Yeah. <laughs> Patrick Wilson, you've got to let me go. I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so with all that said... All that said, my diva ranking has changed. Yes, Barbara mine. Cook is the Holy Spirit. Bette Midler is now above... Uh, Barbara and Liza and still below Patty. And I think the only difference, I mean, I think mine I guess if Patty's Jesus, Bet would be John the Baptist. Why am I so New Testament? John uh, John the Baptist. Thank you. (laughs) Um, I think mine similar to yours, but I think I mean, I know Patty is not your Jesus. Patty's not my Jesus. I think Barbara would have to be my Jesus, and then my Holy Spirit would be like, maybe Bet. Okay. And then John the Baptist would be like Angela Lansbury. <laughs> Can Angela you imagine? Would be so pleased. Yeah. <laughs> and then I don't know who the fifth one would be. The uh, who's the fifth one? Like Judas. <laughs> I I think you have to stop. No, there's. Oh well. Let me see. Who is mine? I'm scared to do like my whole list I mean, on the thing because like yeah. um, <laughs> I don't want to. You know. Um, oh well. After Liza, for me comes Elaine and Angela. Okay. So I think um, Elaine is definitely my Judas. 
<laughs> everyone's Judas. She's everyone's <laughs> Judas. Okay, okay, so now that we have the diva ranking out of the way, let's talk to another diva, the one and only Linda Etter. You know, people are always asking me if I'm on Ozempic, and let me tell you, I do not mind them asking me that. But I'm not on Ozempic. They especially ask me that when they see me eating dessert, or desserts, or all the crap I eat when I'm out. But my secret is that when I'm home, when I'm by myself, I'm eating Factor. Factor sends me restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat whenever I am. No prepping, no cooking, no cleanup except for, like, my fork. And now you can enjoy Factor Meals, too. Go to factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 and use code giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off. That's code giantsinthesky50 at factormeals.com slash giantsinthesky50 to get 50% off. Um, are we good? Are we recording? Yes, we're, we're rolling. We're going to do a whole uh, intro of you when we record the first part of the podcast later on. So this is just a hot seat right now with you. We're so excited to have Linda Etter. Yes. Thank you very much. We, we had the treat of seeing your show last night mm-hmm. here at Province the Crown Town. and Anchor, which is a summertime uh, like a religious occurrence now to come see you here in P-Town. <laughs> totally. How many years have you been coming here? A lot. Um, I don't even know. I think... Gosh, it has to be maybe 15 years or something. Yeah, def- I mean, definitely yeah, every yeah. time I've been here, I've seen yeah. you, and it's been, you were, I'm really you bad were already, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Knowing lengths of times of things, but yeah, I've been proud about that. Well, I mean, and how is it that your voice just gets better every year? I mean, it <laughs> does not make sense. like, it's, it's, there should be some, I mean, other singers have to adapt and adjust, and, you know, that's okay, but you just, I mean, someone like you was like... What are the restaurant quality? I just want to say yeah. <laughs> it was just as good as the album I listened yeah. to in you know twenty five years ago. Aww. Barbara Streisand, take note. That's yeah. nice to hear because you know obviously I just feel my age, but that's nice to hear. Thank you. But I mean, you must is it a technique that you have that keeps you in in such a that pingy well, amazing sound? I'm self taught. Um, no way. Just got, you know, my influences were Judy Garland and Barbara Streisand and a classical singer named Eileen Farrell. So, uh-huh. so I think. Uh, I innately sort of learned some good techniques in trying to emulate people that I really aspire to mm-hmm. who had good te- technique that maybe helped me in the beginning. I mean, they're great artists, but they have they didn't have the vocal, uh, you know, longevity. I mean, Barbara oh. still does those tours now. Oh, but, Barbara definitely But does. she doesn't sound the way she did before. I mean, you well, really... She's, you know, 19 years older than me. That's true. And she she is, doesn't sing she a is lot. older. Yeah. She's actually yeah. singing better now than she was some years ago because she's actually singing more. Right, she right. She just doesn't sing, but... Uh, you know, she didn't sing uh, like a lot of people, like Shirley Bassey, who sang all the time. Yeah, and she's a little older than Barbara, and yet her voice. Still yeah, just really. She's working all the time. Right, I mean, the muscle, right. It's all muscle. It's a muscle. Stuff, totally. so. It's a muscle. And that's the only reason, though. But I think uh, I think Barbara's still pretty amazing. She is uh, well, certainly, age, and she holds an audience. I mean, there's a lot yeah, to enjoy yeah. about Barbara. Yeah. But by my age, she was still singing really, really great. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. well, so are you. Well, I'm I mean, not her age yet. <laughs> so I think when she was my age and I am now, her voice was still really excellent. Well, I w- if if you if you are still where Barbara is in 25 yeah, I would years, be I'll be happy to be sounding, you know, as good as she is at, at that age. I don't know that I will. You know, you never know. Yeah. But it, it sounds like you haven't ch- changed anything. I mean, you mm-hmm. just if anything, I don't think when I saw you 10 years ago, the show was as generous of a set with just I mean, you just, you know, you just and you don't sound at all 
at the end of the show. I don't think you were, I think you could have done a late show. Totally. <laughs> you, were, you were still in it. Although I drank a little beer late in the show, as you noticed. The corona, I said, oh, yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Um, well, thank you. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, it's great to hear that because. And those are hard songs. I mean, those really go up there, you know? And well, you that, really you know, I have notes. to do them and I'll always have to do them as long as I can because um, I think I'm, that's kind of one of the things that I'm known for is mm-hmm. being, you know, able to go from zero to to 100. Yeah, totally. And they want that, what I call it, kind of like the fifth gear. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Triple when axle. They, when people know you <laughs> can do that, if you're not doing that, there's something mm-hmm, that you're not mm-hmm. giving them that they, sure, right. you know, they're used to hearing. So Right. And I, you know, I enjoy it. I enjoy those big dramatic Yeah. Songs. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Your voice was made for them. Mm-hmm. But it is, I have to say, when you sang, um, oh, God, what was the Queen song? Uh uh, love of my life. Love yes. of my life. I yeah. mean, that was so soft and beautiful, and it was just wow. It was crisp. It was like butter. <laughs> um, so, well, we know that uh, Barbara Streisand was an inspiration to you, obviously. I mean, and people have compared you to her. I think before I even knew who you were, when you were first doing Jacqueline Hyde, maybe when you guys first did like the concept album, and yeah. it was it was like the one that sings like Barbara. Is that kind of a dramatic voice? Well, it's funny voice. because all, for so much of my career, when I would walk out onto a stage and I would start to sing, I would start to hear this sibilance sound. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because it, they were saying, it sounds like Streisand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so I hear this funny. S- 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 and I knew that's what they were saying. But, you know, I, I, of course, have nothing but, I've never been anything but completely flattered by that. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she is the queen. Um, and you know her fans. Some of them get offended. You know, you know they get to read, really. You know, well, we're both Barbara so. fans, and yeah. we, we're very happy. You know, but that's because I, you know, I was as big a fan as anyone else. And truly, it's not that I purposely tried to emulate her. It's just that you, everybody, you know, we all sing in ways that we just think is good. Cool. So yeah. in my head, it was just this combination of these women that you know, Garland and Eileen Farrell and Streisand that I listen to. So when I think of what is good. Yeah, that's what I hear in my mm-hmm. head. So. Well, you're less alone now too. I think people have caught up with you. I mean, now if you talk to so many singers, they'll say, "Oh, Barbara Streisand was an inspiration," and you know they want yeah. to sound like her. And certainly, I mean, I think now there's a generation. All those girls in Wicked, I'm sure that mm-hmm. they would point to you as one of their inspirations. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah. Although for some reason, not a lot of people do sound like her. So, I think I was born with a, a mechanism that was able to mm. na- sort of naturally create those sounds anyway. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. otherwise, I, th- I think we'd be hearing a lot more people that sound like Barbara. Yeah. You know? But I definitely hear the Judy. I mean, the... Especially the, when I'm doing her stuff. But, but Because I'm not. a bit of a mimic. I You know, obviously, I have a mechanism to be able to make different sounds and all that. Mm-hmm. So I am also a mimic. So mm-hmm. I can't help it when I do a but it's, Judy's but you But yeah. the drama that you bring, when you go into like a big crescendo, a key change, a, a retard, it has that Judy, you know, just goosebumps. I mean, it's even songs that are um, 
could be boring when somebody else sings them. I mean, like, Losing My Mind, I was like, oh, my God, like, this is really just such an ideal Linda Etter song. Like, mm-hmm. I can't believe I thought this was, like, you know, a period piece before, <laughs> you know? It's so, it's yeah. thrilling. And, and yeah. it's, um, and obviously Judy never sang that, you know? Right. I, I think that you bring that in, you know? Mm-hmm. Even if the tone has more of, like, a the, the sweet gloss of, like, a Barbara, you know, poppy kind of, mm-hmm. you know... Mm-hmm. For more pleasing sound that we like too. Well, I think that, well, you know, music. It's there's so many different elements that get. It's all about getting the emotion across. Obviously, yeah. It's not mm-hmm. about notes you're hitting. It's how are you affecting an audience? And um, I one of the things that I don't agree with sometimes when I I hear um, Broadway reviewers or whatever. It's always, always, always about lyric, 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 lyric. Yeah. Well, okay, great. You are telling a story, but it's not a play. You're also have sure. the element of music, and mm-hmm. music on its own can also create that emotion. Mm-hmm. Just think of a violin; it's not doesn't have lyrics, but it's able to create an emotion. Yeah. So you have to you have to be able to do both. Mm-hmm. It's important mm-hmm. that you're saying that too, because I think you know uh, it became the trend. I think maybe it's because of song time and everything, and it was a lyric focus. And a lot of singers, theater singers, talk about being driven by the lyrics. And well, it's also because they're not not everybody is a musician. I'm a musician, mm-hmm. but that but it and is music. Is. I mean, we that's right. why it's nice to hear you. There are a because, lot of actors who sing yeah. on Broadway, but they're mm-hmm. you know you know the ones who. Are musicians because they're also been bringing the element mm-hmm. of the music into totally. it in a way that a musician would, mm-hmm. and the, to me that's the best musical performers. Absolutely, who can do both. And it seems that to me that you should be required to be both, but right. that's not usually well. Idea. But I think you know if, if people understood that better and yeah. focused on that, there would. So I certainly because some performers I think probably are driven by the music yeah. and are not encouraged to focus on that or to yeah. nurture that and. Yeah. And it's a shame because you know it really it really pays off to. And watch I've definitely you. gotten better. Um, you know, I would I could I could be criticized in my early career being more about the vocal ease and the gymnastics and the sound of the and the musicality of it, and not always the lyrics. But and that I I don't necessarily disagree, and because that's one of the things that I feel that I continue to improve on over the years, mm-hmm. that I that I am becoming more musical, you know, in, but also better at. at interpreting the lyric just because I've lived mm-hmm. more you know, yeah. and I understand sure. the lyrics more sure. or, or I didn't understand them as much mm-hmm. when I was younger so. well I think it always seems to me like people are trying to get to the same place and they just have different you know ways yeah. of understanding the, the road the road to get there but mm-hmm. I'm, I'm curious like for you like growing up listening to Barbara Streisand was were you thinking I want to be on Broadway I want to be in A Star is Born and The Way We Were, I Just Want to Record the Records. What was it that you were sort of casting yourself in? Well, as a kid, I just, I wanted to sing, yeah. basically. Mm-hmm. So it was just to have an audience, wherever the, whatever mm-hmm. that meant, and mm-hmm. wherever that meant. I don't think I necessarily thought about being on Broadway or being, you know, in movies or anything. I just wanted to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, and did people, like, your parents and teachers, did they recognize that talent in you and nurture that? Well, I never that? sang in front of anybody. I was really shy oh. about singing. So I was singing all the time, mm-hmm. but I was always singing in private. And then, of course, to get into choir in high school, I had to squeak out a few notes. You know, at junior high was the first time I got into choir. We called it junior high back then. I'm getting my age away. <laughs> what is it, middle, middle school now? It was still junior high when I went. Yeah, yeah. So you had to sing, you know, a few notes, and then I got into the... And then in choir again, we had to sing, you know, like, God bless America or something, and it was the most horrific thing for me to do, to stand up there and sing. Were you embarrassed or, I or insecure? I just shy, because singing to me is... It's very personal. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know... To me, it is... 
burying a part of myself. So yeah. as a shyer, not not painfully shy, but as a more shy person, that was that was hard for me because mm-hmm. it was never a learned thing. That that's also the difference. I think sometimes people just learn the craft, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's not coming from an you know yeah innate right, place. Right. And with me, it always was. I always felt immediate connection to the music and mm-hmm. to whatever lyric I was singing. It always felt connected in here, and so it made me shy and. And I, I don't, I've never been one of these performers that has just tons of confidence, you know, you're going to love me, you know. Mm-hmm. I've never been that way. I, I look at people like that, and I'm just amazed by it, because that's not me at all. I still, to this day, I feel like I'm, you know, it's all smoke and mirrors, so, you I know. Mean, it seems to me like your voice is the voice that everyone, like, wishes that they had. I mean, right. it's just so powerful and expressive and, and beautiful that I don't even know how you could do that without having confidence, because it... It, it's right. it's such a grand sound, you know. No, I really had very, very, very little confidence. I mean, you get confidence. You know, I've been doing this now since I was sure. singing professionally now since I was nineteen. So, mm-hmm. and in the beginning, it, um, I didn't have a following. So when I would walk out, it was there were strangers that I had to try to win over. Yeah. Now it's usually fans, and I have to try to keep them. You know, so <laughs> right. that's a very different thing. They give you confidence right off the bat because mm-hmm. you know they're there for you. So. You start off in a different place, but but not to say every night, you know, I'm like, okay, please let it, you know, please let it be a good show, let my voice be there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but that what you're saying, it's like, um, that's very, that's part of Barbara's story as well. You know, I think the first time she sang to her friends, she made them turn their turn backs around, yeah. so they wow. could see her. And because I think for this, well, it's very obvious for her. It's also very, it's totally connected to totally. her emotions, her core, who mm-hmm. she is. Yeah. And then, of course, we all know the story. She didn't perform for so many years because she got such bad stage fright. Yeah. So, I mean, some, you know, a superstar who's, you know, obviously one of the greatest voices of our world. Like, she was just saying just what you're saying. Yeah, it was probably, I, I don't know if I ever read this anywhere, but I wouldn't be surprised if it wasn't related to just forgetting lyrics on stage yeah. because that is the worst feeling in the world. I mean, you can do it, it once and you can, she, yeah. I'm fairly funny. I can usually make a joke and you can get mm-hmm. by with it one time Yeah, mm-hmm. in a general audience. I mean, mm-hmm. If I'm in an all fan in the <clears> audience, <throat> I could fall down on stage and they're still going to, you know, applaud. Right. But, you know, if it's a general audience where it's a mix, you know, yeah. a lot of your fans, a lot of new people, you, you can only get away with that for so much. So mm-hmm. one time, okay, you make a joke and then you go on. Right. But if you if it happens repeatedly, then it starts to look unprofessional, and, and there's just nothing worse than standing up there and, and not having the lyrics. You know? Right. It's, it's well, a I think horrifying feeling, really. That's what happened, uh, you know, at, at Central Park mm-hmm. uh, with Barbara. Oh, she yeah. went up on lyrics like three or four times, and that's that she cites that as the reason she didn't perform for somebody. But years. now, I mean, she's got the teleprompters, right. and I don't, I don't think that bothers anybody in the audience. I don't no. know. Which is probably what brought, maybe made it easier for her to come back. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. And so, I was shocked when you said that the only Broadway show you had done was Jacqueline Hyde. I I thought for sure I knew I've that I've done off Broadway things. Like we've done, I've done a show called uh, Svengali that we did in Florida and mm-hmm. in Houston. And, and I thought you had Civil done War. Scarlet Pimpernel and no, Civil everyone War. Everyone thinks I did the Scarlet Pimpernel, but I, I recorded the you know the concept of. Mm. Yeah, but, but that must have been the one that I listened yeah, to. Yeah, that opened yeah. six months after Jekyll. So I mean, I was in Jekyll. I right. would have loved to do the Scarlet Pimpernel. Because then they, they there was like three versions of Scarlet Pimpernel with different casts, like in the same Broadway run. It was like, mm. I remember, didn't like another director come in? And maybe I'm conflating oh. the story, but yeah, actually, they, well, that was they like yes. revamped it. Yes, they did. Yeah, I think in my mind, I was like, but Linda was had to be in there somewhere. It was, it was always all, done. Yes. Who was here last Yes, time? we yeah. saw. We were so excited. Yeah, and then they had different marguerites would come in. But, yeah. Mm. But never you. That's so crazy. No, well, but I, I would have really liked that. We I need a revival. I would have with Doug because that would have been yeah. great. Yeah. yeah. 
Well, and and so, but I and then I was like, I can't believe that you were never like in Mamma Mia. They must have tried to get you for that show. Well, you know, my I was sort of Frank's mm. girl. Yeah. Uh-huh. And I, they wanted me to do Annie Get Your Gun. And oh, that's I think that should have been really good in that role because I am Annie Oakley, you know, yeah. and I like that score. I think I could have done very well in that, but, totally. you know, I was sort of told not to do it, and I listened, and I shouldn't have listened. Oh, wow. I think I should have just... People didn't want you to be a replacement yeah, or whatever people. they... Yeah, right. I don't mm. want to say too much, but you mm. know what I mean. I just... Well, it's... I followed the advice, and I, I really shouldn't have. Even with good intentions, I think those kind of choices, you know, they're hard. In hindsight, things make sense a certain way, mm. but, you yeah. know, people want you to stay on a certain course that they think is yeah. right. But I think that was a mistake. Yeah. If I had done that, I think I would be doing more theater. But in yeah. some ways, I, it's okay because, you know, I had Jake right after yeah. that. Mm. And I was already, I was 38 when he was born. Yeah. So, and I, you know, I felt like I had already done quite a bit of theater just doing the Svengali twice. Sure. Um, Camille Claudel that I did right. at Good Speed. And, you know, we did the different versions of Jekyll and the year-long tour of Jekyll. And yeah. Workshops, and then I was in the you know I only meant to do the the workshop production of uh, Civil War down in Houston because I liked the score and I, mm-hmm, I wasn't planning mm-hmm. ever to do the show but I but I wanted to be part of that so mm-hmm. I feel like I've done I had done a, you know quite a bit of theater and yeah. and then I had Jake and because I had done the theater that I had done I knew the time that it took yeah sure and yeah. I just knew that I wasn't going to be around. You know, and concert like, stuff yeah. is all based on your schedule and yeah, you can and tailor it yeah. to work for and your family and all like, that. Because yeah. I just only do a certain number a year and at times per year and then I'm just home and I'm riding my horses and I'm making up for all the lost time that I was off doing conscious and traveling. Yeah. I did mm-hmm. so much traveling in that time period just wasn't home and I wanted to be home so badly and riding my horse because I'm horse crazy and, and where do you yeah. live? I live uh, in North Salem an hour north of Manhattan oh, and I wow. horse from there and I, that's what I do every day is I ride oh beautiful um, I just love it you know and, mm-hmm. and you know I'm realizing I only have so much more time than I can ride so I'm trying to Trying to make up for all the time I lost. But, you know, Jake is grown up now. Yeah, and, like, you know, there's still lots of Broadway shows out there. That's right. Yeah, but I don't know. It's so hard on your voice. And, you know, I want to be able to keep singing when I'm, yeah. you know, and I'm a big belter. And I don't yeah. really want to be doing that eight times a week. That's, right. It's it was hard. hard when I was doing it, you know, when I was <clears throat> on Broadway. And I, because I want to be 100% when I'm on. Yeah. And you're just mm-hmm. never quite 100% after you've been doing it for a year. And Yeah. I didn't like that. I didn't like that feeling you know I wanted to and because I'm not like I said I'm not a trained theater singer I don't mix I was out there full on belting yeah. on my notes mm-hmm. and that's hard on your voice so. but, but well, it's what people wanted from me I couldn't sure do, yeah. you know and that's so crazy that your voice has just stayed so healthy this well, all these years well it's probably because so. I haven't overdone it I think yeah. a lot of these bigger acts Whitney mm-hmm. uh, you know yeah. blames it on the sure. drug I blame it on they over toured her yeah mm, that's yeah. so interesting you know she's out there singing the top yeah. of her head off you can't do that on that kind of a touring schedule. And when it's at that level, they make you go, okay, every night, every night, one night off, night night on, one, maybe one night off. Yeah, you know, it's, yeah. It, and it's relentless. Yeah. And I really believe it was the the slow destruction of her mm. voice that was weighing on her yeah. so mm. heavily that drove mm. her into all the other stuff. That That's just my theory, but I really believe that. Yeah. Because yeah. It, when you're a singer and your whole core is wrapped up in that, when your voice is not right... Everything is off. Yeah. yeah. Because it's your identity. It's what sure. you do, and it feels so good. And when it doesn't work anymore... It feels yeah. so... It feel, watching you, it seems like it feels good, you know? It's and fun when you're, it, you know, you're There's no sense of, like, ever you pushing it or forcing it. It feels more like you just 
like let allow it, let it to go, like yeah. like yeah, the waterfall to you know, pour out. And I was a little more tired last night than it was the first night. Because really? Just because it's two nights in a row, and you know sure. it's a little bit different. Uh, but it, it felt great. I had I had two really good nights. But that's not to say I haven't had shows where you know been sick or I've, I've had to do more than you know three in a row or four, and then I by that fourth night or whatever. You know, I could feel the difference, and I, it's not fun when you're not able to play like you want to mm-hmm. play. Yeah. You have to be more careful and make sure this note's going to come out okay. Yeah, and, and that's a big thing, you know, that yeah, show. really. It was like almost like two-hour yeah. shows. So. And my, my manager would, sometimes when I was sick or whatever, my manager would say, well, can you take a song? And I was like, that's not it. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Just taking one out is not going to help me sing this other one. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. And I've gone on. That was a big mistake, too. I've learned now in my life, I say no when my gut tells me to say no. Yeah. I went on one time when I was, I had a bad cold, chest cold, head cold. I went on, and by the end of the show, I not I couldn't talk. The voice wouldn't come out to talk between the number, and my voice went from being a, because I'm like a mezzo-soprano, that's my mm-hmm. main range. I went from being that to being, I sounded like Sarah Vaughn at the end of the <laughs> I, it, and then I finally couldn't do the last two songs, and that was damaging in my voice. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was the worst thing I could have done. But again, I listened and I went on, and I, I shouldn't have. And mm-hmm. that's just mistakes you make make when you're younger. But mm-hmm. it's amazing that you had to figure that out all yourself, and there was never. Well, I was you know, always afraid to say no. Yeah, which is stupid. You know, you really need to not be afraid when you you nobody knows you better than yourself, and you got to protect yourself. And that's the problem in this business. You know when. People are making money off of you right. or whatever. Mm-hmm. They really push you. You know, like I was pushed to go on and perform when I was sick on Broadway after the previews. We all got sick. You know, mm-hmm. Broadway shows, colds go through the entire yeah, cast. Yeah. And it always happens in previews. And I got majorly sick. Um, and they talked me into going on. And Emily Skinner was my understudy. She would sing the songs oh. off stage, the big songs. But oh, I wow. Do the show and sing all the incident. I was delirious. And, oh you know, I was my like, god! That was one. I I never should have gone on. <laughs> you know, I yeah. should have said no. I can't. You know, but you don't. You just don't know that you can say no. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's the worst pressure too. In previews and new Broadway musical, and yeah. you're the star, and it's all on your shoulders. I mean that. Yeah. I don't. I wouldn't want to trade that's places with you in that week of your life. And for that's sure. another reason why I. You know, Broadway is so hard because you are going to get sick. You know, at times, and they always want you to come back much sooner than you should. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do any like master classes mm-hmm. or any kind of mentoring to yeah, pass that kind of doing that years uh, some years ago? Now I was always asked to give lessons and yeah. master classes, and because I'm self-taught, I felt like I can't do that. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm mm-hmm. just self-taught, and I never would say yes. And then finally, I said, okay, I agreed to do a master class, and I was scared to death because. Yeah. I I don't know even what I'm going to say. So I go there, and the first person got up to sing, and I immediately relaxed because I knew exactly. It's like I, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I will brag about myself. I think I'm a really good teacher, and I'm mm. innately a good teacher, and I seem to know exactly what the person needs to sound better, and I, and I have a very simplistic way of communicating it to them so they get it. Mm-hmm. So and I, I found that I really enjoyed it, and I, I'm... Um, I, I've kind of taken a hiatus because it takes time to do it, but sure. I teach a lot over Skype and I do master classes and yeah, and I actually really like it. I'm sure you would be. I mean, when I think about someone like yourself who has um, not only so much skill, but that is self-taught, that because it's not a parrot, you're not parroting a term or you know something that was vomited onto you. It's you, that's you own that knowledge mm-hmm. that you have. Plus, singing is way. very difficult I think to teach because yeah. um, you can't say this 
move this particular muscle, yeah, you know, like yeah. in your arm. It's all very intricate. It's all very subtle. I don't think anybody really understands completely what's going on. And you so know? much of they it is mental as well. You know, it's like not trying to force it, not trying to make it happen, which obviously, like, I can tell when you sing, it's like, it's just so free and effortless, but like, that's well, so one, hard to do yeah. because you're not doing anything. You well, know? the one thing that always blows me away <laughs> which I don't understand repeatedly, is when people start to sing, they start to pronounce things weird. Yeah, right. <laughs> and I'm like, what are you doing? That's not the way you talk. Why do you? Why did you sing? And that has a lot to do with bad lessons and bad yeah. teaching mm-hmm. and that kind of old leftover classical type of pseudo-classical oh, God, type yeah. of training that comes Where in. Where they sound really formal classical all of a sudden. Music and something really strange happens, and I don't, I don't know why, but... That's one thing I get on him right away. Uh-huh. Why, why are you doing that? <laughs> you know? yeah, right. Because we all relate. It's about relating. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And so everyone knows when something's sounding wrong. We don't talk to each other that way. We don't, you know, we don't. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, do you, um, when you see new shows and stuff today, do you think like, oh, you know, that that turns me on or there are things new writers or new singers that, that, that you feel excited by that you that make you maybe think about more desire to get back into that on Broadway? Um, to be honest, no. There hasn't been a lot of things on Broadway recently that made me go, oh, I mm-hmm. wanna, I'd want to do that. There are older shows, you know, sometimes I think it would have been fun to play the parts, but Broadway's changed so much, yeah. you mm-hmm. know, and the shows that are hits are, are very different. Um, like, but, Dear Evan Hansen, was that, like, in your wheelhouse at all? Like, Yeah, I mean, it's mostly based on if someone, if there's music that really touches me emotionally. Yeah. You know, and if a performer can really be musical at the same time. Because mm-hmm. that's mostly what turns me off on theater. Mm-hmm. Is when it's, it's, a, it's a good actor, and, he, and they're getting the lyric across, but the music is just not there and as yeah. a, I'm innately first a musician so mm-hmm. I have a difficult time with that yeah. so I can't I can't I'm not going to say that I'm a huge I'm not a huge Broadway fan in that regard I don't just go to everything sure. I'm very picky about yeah. of course I'm very critical about <laughs> that's just my nature right. so there's uh, nothing I won't look at and go I would do that a little differently right. that's, <laughs> that's just me you know right. I'd like to actually direct something. really yeah well I bet I bet you would have you would have a lot of good to bring to yeah. that I mean mm-hmm. you know it must after working as many shows as you have and just staying in your lane and watching everybody else either do good work or do right, bad work right. I mean mm-hmm. you're ready to do that you know mm-hmm. yeah. maybe because I think get I, your gun well I've been in front of audiences so much my entire life and obviously you know you don't just want the theater crowd you want everybody yes, to love it right. you know and it should always be an expanding art form and you should people are you know, we're all basically the same. Mm-hmm. It's just about making us feel something. So, did you get to see the revival of Jack and Jekyll and Hyde? Was it two years revival, ago? Yeah, yeah. That's, you could have been the director of that one. Maybe the next time around. Yeah, I I wasn't too happy with that. I I didn't. You mean the rock and roll version? Yeah, I didn't, I didn't like yeah. the music done that way. Yeah, I don't think it really served the the music. What you know? They tend to do that with a bunch of shows. I saw. Um, they were trying to get a production of Godspell that sounded like Rent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like when they're, you know, the producers. It's very producery. I think when it's yeah. like if something works and makes money, then they want to just like carbon copy yeah. that. And it's like right. no, the people that did it that made it work were inspired. They yeah. were doing yeah. something original. You know. Yeah, and the music wasn't written to be done. In yeah. That, in that way, and I think it. Yeah, I wasn't too too impressed. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was disappointed too. I mean, I loved their voices, yeah. um, and I would and I like to hear them sing. I, I love Deborah. 
I wanted to hear her sing yeah. the songs the yeah. way they she could have done the role for sure. Was originally done, yeah, should have mm-hmm. done that because she's a great singer. Mm-hmm. So, well, you could do Jekyll and Hyde or um, any of those shows. I mean, that you have an affinity for. Is there one that you would be more likely to to take on directorially? Well, I don't know because it's. Just saying this to you now was actually the first time that I ever... Oh, good. Well, maybe we'll be at the... Uh, so, heard it here first. Um, yeah, I'd have to think about that, but... I can't... It, it's coming now so much that I'm trying to think. <laughs> well, I know there are several, but uh-huh. yeah. like I said, anything I've seen, I would... I were you were you going back to Barbara? Did you love um, Funny Girl? Sunset Boulevard is one that I oh. oh, yeah, you mentioned that last night. I mean, I could play the part, but I also yeah. would direct... I would, Directed. Well, but I'm surprised you mentioned how much uh, regard you have for Glenn Close and you got to see her originally mm-hmm. and then 20 years later. But I mean, that's a great example of a Broadway actor who's not much of a singer. I mean, did you well, know? She's not, but she is musical, though. She's, mm-hmm. She is musical. You know, um, her voice is good. Yeah. But, she, but she's also, she's a great actress and she is a musician. Is and she? That's why she. I liked her versions because mm. she is a musician. Yeah, she yeah definitely she's a musical. And, and your version of that song last night was so spectacular. I mean, oh my god! Mm. I always think that there's like um, that song. There's kind of like two climaxes that like people have to kind of like choose. It's yeah, either it's, I've come home at yeah, last, yeah. or this time will be bigger. Right, and yeah. right. you managed to have them both <laughs> be the climax. That is so gratifying. Yeah, it's an interesting song, and it, you know, it's not that A B A B you know uh-huh. C A format. It's a it's it's its own thing. It's just these repetitive things, but it it works. Have you done uh, any any Angelina Weber shows, or or have you sung more of his? Well, obviously, well, I used cr- to do Memory and. Mm. Yeah, I don't think um, I ever. I mean, your "Don't Cry for Me" is also. Don't epic. cry for magic. What you add in that? Um, that was my all through my wild from, days. That was from when I first started singing. Yeah, that was my version of it back then. That was the way I heard it, and then I then I actually saw the show and all that. Um, and when I decided to bring it back into the show, that's my original arrangement from way back. Mm. Well, I know because I I had had fan, fr- friends. That's on who my were, cassette that I was talking about. I had friends oh, yeah. who knew who knew who were fans going all the way back, and yeah. they talked about your "Don't Cry for Me," and I never found they had it. The and I was like, I want to hear her sing that. And then I think I saw you at Fifty Four Below a couple of years ago, and you did it, and it was like, oh my god, it's exactly like they said. We're going back to like when I was twenty. Yeah. Oh, I love it so much. Well, so I was going to say, did you um, grow up watching Funny Girl or oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's Up Doc, all those old Barbara films? Absolutely. What kind of clear day? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And all the TV specials, I'm oh, sure. Yeah. Like, Well, that was Barbara. great also to hear. Barbara is still the, the best ever, you know? Yeah. We yeah. loved What Did I Have That I Don't Have from well, the yeah. clear day. Although that's the Edie Gourmet version. Well, yeah. you know. Because I wasn't going to do Streisand's version. And then it, that song was on the list, so I started looking around and I found the Edie Gourmet version. I thought, oh, okay, we'll do this. Mm-hmm. Well, Edie Gourmet is a good... I, I like an Edie Gourmet repertoire for Linda Edder. That's a very good line. I, I, well, I'm a, I love stuff. big band. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've always I've always innately had a good swing feel. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something you either have or you don't. And it's yeah. so obvious when someone yeah. is trying to do swing and they don't have that rhythm and yeah. they, they can't sing that rhythm. That's just... I'm. I was born swinging, so yeah. I love that. I love that. So, well, that I love that that Judy album of yours because you swing on all that stuff, and and a lot of those Frank songs too. Like was the, yeah, Frank um, and, and Jack. Yeah, the two of them wrote some just amazing, big yeah. kind of stuff for me. It is too bad that that's not more of a thing unto itself anymore. Like, just, you know, to hear a string section and mm-hmm. just full brass. I mean, you know, it really is a treat, especially with a voice that can. Yeah, I mean, it'll stand never go away. It's it. still around and yeah. it'll, it'll come back here and there in different, 
it'll always be out there. But yeah, Michael Bublé was kind of carrying the torch. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I guess there really wasn't like a girl. No, uh, that's, that's, the, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah. Just always I'm, like the female singers better than the men. Well, right. I love Michael Bublé. Yeah, you know, for sure, he's one of them. Frank Sinatra and, um, but yeah, I, I definitely like that kind of music. Mm. Well, and last night you have such a like you were on stage and is it a four piece mm-hmm. that you perform? Here it's a four piece. Four yeah. piece, and just the way you interact with them and your energy together, it was so wonderful to watch, and it reminded me of like Barbara being on stage in those TV specials, yeah, and interacting with the band, and they're and, so good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Good. When you when you do like bigger things like do you use like symphony gigs and stuff? I do yeah everything from symphony and once in a while, I will do like a piano. Not, oh yeah, just a few songs. You know mm-hmm. I, I don't like to do a whole show. It's just yeah because I want more variety than that. But mm-hmm. yeah I'll do every. Um, usually it's a four piece, five piece, five pieces what I normally do, and then depending on the room. But I'd also do the orchestra gig. Yeah, mm-hmm. well it's great to have anything here. I mean a lot of people come to Provincetown just piano only and it you know Yeah. Yeah. It's it's or more track. exciting. And they're <laughs> yeah, all, it's they're all interesting in their own way. You know? Sure. Of course. are great, but it's like a big elephant you're gonna drag along with you. You don't mm-hmm. always have the yeah. you know, nimbleness to do whatever yeah. you want to. Well and budget wise too, depending on you know, I mean Oh I don't well that's they'll they'll bring me in. When you do an orchestra gig, they invite you as their guest. Oh wonderful. So yeah. you're not paying the orchestra. Mm-hmm. That but that's good. That, I wouldn't want you to have to pay <laughs> seventy two guys. No. <laughs> um, do you, but like do you um, I'm sorry, what was your musical director's name last night? Billy he Stein. Was Billy Stein. Do you do you travel with him and oh, yeah, he conducts for you then? Yeah. That's great. Um, oh when I do the orchestra gig? Yeah, I usually bring my three guys that all the rhythm section comes oh, with. Oh that's me great. That's too hard to teach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, the time is all that for a, an orchestra. And because yeah. you know, some of those are tricky. Yeah, sure. You, know, you can't just do one rehearsal the day of and then expect mm-hmm. it to go perfectly. And if the timings of things are messed up, that yeah. really is obvious. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, see what we're learning about how to, totally. how to, how to prose that does it. <laughs> um, what um, about, are there other singers outside of Broadway that, that you listen to now? Uh, no, I know yeah, I, I, uh, I listen to, you know. A lot of stuff like everybody else. I, you know, I like country music. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I like country pop, which is really kind of today's modern rock. Yeah, what country singers do you like? Uh, well, I like Lady Antebellum. Mm-hmm. I like. Um, I'm drawing a blank on all of them now. Um, Miranda, Miranda Lampert. Uh-huh, I like uh-huh. Carrie Underwood, but I actually prefer if I was just gonna listen to a whole album, I I listen to Miranda Lampert. Um. Well, someone like Carrie, um, I'm from Oklahoma, so, um, you know, Carrie uh, Underwood is our pride and joy. Yeah. Um, and she, you know, she's a country singer, but she has a wonderful belt voice. Oh, yeah. You know, her it's voice is so voice. Yeah. incredible. Say what you will about the sound of music live, however many years ago, but like she actually she did sound wonderful in those songs, yeah. you know. Well, a lot of country singers. I mean, maybe that's why, as a Broadway fan, country is appealing because Mary so Morris often you is, get you these know. great, great big. Well, it's changing voices. so much. They're very R and B. A lot of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, Mary mm-hmm. Morris, Phoebe. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. all. A, it's very different than mm-hmm. what it used to be. But I, I really like 
a lot of what I like the songwriting. I like melodic music. Yeah. So, yeah. but I listen to you know all kinds of stuff. I love Colby Calais. You know. Oh yeah. Colby. I love Brian Adams. You know I uh, One Republic. Oh yeah. I love One Republic. Uh, I listen to a wide wide range of stuff. I love Gavin DeGraw. He's like one of my mm. oh yeah all-time yeah. Favorites. I've been his show was amazing. I I love I love his show. You know, someone like Barbara, she's like, I don't listen to music ever. You know, I don't really like music, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, and so I'm just going to like, whatever. But you are such a fan of singers and, and musicians. And, you know, that is um, so exciting because I can tell you're really like, you've done the research and, and you're singing songs that you really connect with and care about. And we were saying, you know, the first, you know, four or five songs you sang, I was like, these are like, my dream songs to hear performed at a you know a setting like this. I mean that was a very high octane show. I mean I have to imagine if it's not like P Town summer like there there must be you you must not always do quite no, such a. Show. I mean are you serious? That is like first of all it was a generous set. I mean I was like by the end I was like oh I guess she's probably not going to do oh she did it. Okay. I mean it was really uh, it's it's kind of astounding. Like, is it longer than most people? In this town I yeah. feel like it is yeah. And, um, I mean, it definitely felt like a lot of bang for the buck. I mean, yeah. I, I think everybody was pretty thrilled. It really, I mean, it's, it's um, you know, you just keep raising the the stakes, kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and, uh, I mean, we definitely jumped to our feet. Um, does that, does, have you tried, though, ever doing something that maybe is a little, like, I mean, you could, you could get away with doing a much less taxing, evening than you deliver you know well I think I think I'm gonna do a jazz album that's coming mm, in the future because mm. I've got Dave Fink who's just you know yeah. the most amazing jazz bassist there is so and I that's one art form and it is an art form yeah and I didn't appreciate it enough when I was younger because mm-hmm. uh, I but I've become better at it mm-hmm. over the years and I know I have a, there's a lot more in there to explore so I think that's an album, you know, that I'm thinking about doing mm. in the future, and that that would be softer. Basically. You could spend more time sitting on a stool yeah. and a show like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But like to do like an album of all soft songs. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there would be, but it's like anything, you know. You just can't please everybody. I, yeah. I, the biggest revelation I had was the realization that people are so different. I used to think if I really like something, that meant that probably the majority of people out there really like to do. Mm. And then when you realize that's not true. It's really eye-opening, but it's also really freeing because then you just realize, okay, so I just I'll do what I do, and then mm-hmm. you know, don't worry about trying to please everybody because you can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but if yeah, if if I did like an all quiet album, there'd be people that would love that, and they'd be like, oh, this is boring. Right. I want the I want the fifth gear, you know. Yeah, the fifth gear. And, and I know that would happen. Yeah. You know? Well, tell the story. You you mentioned this last night, but you was it on your social media that you requested people write in yeah, and say what I, songs you wanted to sing? I didn't know what I wanted to, to do. I'd done yeah. my 18th, and I just didn't know what songs to pick. So I, you know, I figured it was a. I did that for my Christmas CD as well, the first mm-hmm. second one that I did. Just asking for because I'd already recorded all my favorites that I could think yeah. of, so I thought I needed some help. And I thought, well, let's try that again. And it just gets the fans involved, and they do. They gave me, you know. Really good ideas. And that way you also know you're doing songs that a lot mm-hmm, of people, mm-hmm. you know, there would be a big majority that would what were the What were the top three? It was uh, Music That Makes Me Dance. Uh, well, um, As If We Never Said Goodbye mm-hmm, was the first mm-hmm, choice. Right. Bring Him Home. Bring Him Home, yes. Yeah. Oh, that was um, thrilling. That was I thrilling, so much. yeah. And that's a, that's a song that um, you don't, don't hear. Don't my parade. I mean, uh, Before the Parade Passes. Before the Parade yes. Passes by the opener. 
Um, Bring Him Home is, is a song that obviously you don't hear many women sing it because it's a male song, but um, hearing you sing it was so... Um, I've heard other women sing it, and we will not mention who, but I did not like their versions, and but your version was spectacular. Thank you. Thank you. So good. Well, it always gets me, too, because I, the line about the son makes me think of my son. And yeah, I get, of course. I get, like last night, I not the, the second night, I fought it to not go there second night, because the first night, again, I got started getting all choked up, and then, it's, then it ruins your voice, and you don't mm, sing it as good yeah. as you want to, because I can't cry and sing. The only person I know that could do that was Vicky Carr. <laughs> I don't know if you know that name. No, I know oh, the name, but yeah, I cry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. cry and Yeah, sing. she could cry beautifully and sing at the same time. Amazing. I can't do mm-hmm. that, but, yeah. But, like, even that, I'm, like, now I'm thinking about that, was, there must have been, they must have been trying to get you in Les Mis when that was running. Yeah, well, wrong, they right? recently, the, for the... Well, that's one that, yeah, many times people have said, but they also try to get me to do Cats. when uh, Oh, yeah, well, go either one of those, oh, you would be wow. real exciting. I thought about it, but... Yeah. And I just decided, no. Yeah. <laughs> but I love, you know, I love the song, but I thought, can I sit around all night and just sit back there and wait to come out and do it? I, that's life true. is too short, you know? Yeah, yeah. And to have to drive into the city every night and then sit there for that long just to do that one number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, I... So many people in the theater business, they're dreaming of that moment when they're right. a center stage belting yeah. out the big song, but I've had that my whole life. That, so yeah. that mm-hmm. wasn't what drew me to theater. Mm-hmm. What drew me was the fun with everybody, and the, I liked the acting, and I liked the costumes, and just yeah. the theater vibe, you know, and the whole having the family, and the, I laughed so much from doing all these Broadway shows. I love the rehearsal period. I laughed so, you know, nonstop, and that's the part I miss yeah. the most about yeah. theater. Well, we play a little game with all of our guests mm-hmm. um, where uh, we ask them, we give, we'll give you three performers and we see which one you would want to see in Hello, Dolly, which one you would want to see in concert. And it's like the game Fuck, Mary Kill, except it's <laughs> more Broadway-oriented <laughs> instead of so that. either Hello, Dolly or concert? Hello, Dolly, concert yeah. or kill. Dolly <laughs> kill. We call it Dolly okay. concert. But I, I think for Linda, maybe it's def- it would be Barbara, Eileen Farrell, and Judy Garland. I mean, totally. the, that's already that's her top, yeah. so we're good to go. So so which would you be your choices for those three? To see in, in Hello, Dolly? Hello, Dolly. Three of them? Yeah. Oh, my God. You need to choose one for Dolly, one you want to see in concert, like peak career concert, yeah. and then one you have unfortunately have to give yeah. the axe. Oh, my God. I don't want to kill any of them. So it's hard. <laughs> um, well, I've seen Streisand in Hello, Dolly, mm-hmm. so it wouldn't be that. I'd want to see Judy in Hello, Dolly. Yeah, that would be pretty amazing. Um, I'd want to see Eileen Farrell in the height of her career. Mm, yeah. Chini Arias. Because oh. I've seen Barbara. Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. And I'm sorry. I have to kill you, Barbara. Because sorry, Barb. Sorry, Barbara. <laughs> well, that, well, the fans are really going to hate me now. I, but you know I, that's I think I'm on the same page with you about all three choices. Yeah. So <laughs> that would be really cool. Especially Judy and Dolly. I mean, that imagine? must have... Um, there, that had to be... Actually, I think Jerry Herman has said that he wrote all his music she always. She would have been fantastic. With her, her. Yeah, right? So funny yeah. and... Relentless, I love it. You know, I saw uh, Betty Buckley on tour. Oh yeah, that part. oh and, and saw it's that the first too. time. I mean, I love Barbara in the movie because yeah. it's Barbara, and I love her singing. And I, you she's know, so she's, funny. you can't take your eyes off yeah. her. Yeah. You know, but I, I do understand the criticism of her being in that role. Mm-hmm. Now, especially now that I've seen Betty Buckley play, play the part, because for the first time ever, I understood the character yeah. of Levi mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. watching Betty Buckley play it. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Betty's leaving now. Carolee Carmella's going to yeah, go in for a little while. Like but they're going to need Actually, that was when, I, when they, were gonna, they were casting it, and I considered 
asking my agent to maybe put me in for because people don't the people on Broadway don't know me as uh, they don't. They only saw me in Jekyll, where mm-hmm. I didn't really act. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I just it came from way in the past, and I just did the same thing I'd always done. And there mm-hmm. was really no acting, and uh, it was Linda doing her cabaret thing. Uh, but I think I could play that part, and I'm and I think you would agree. I'm actually quite funny. Yeah, <laughs> you are. Sure. And they don't know that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, it would have you know would have to have gone in and tried to convince them because I think that would actually be a part that I could do. Well, listen. First of all, you're not going to age out of that part. Yeah. And the tour is going strong, so Still we're going to keep our we're going to oh, keep our our prayers <laughs> our prayers focused. I got, on that. You know, I I'm such a homebody now, and I I, I did the Jekyll pre Broadway tour. We did a week in each city. So we had an opening night every week. We traveled yeah. on our day off, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, yeah. and that was kind of like my college because I never went to mm-hmm. college. And yeah. I could do it at that age, and I had the time of my life. But to do that again at the now, yeah. that would be really hard. Yeah, yeah, but you'd probably have um, like what do you call it? Like a, a better better contra- contract writer this time around. Yeah. <laughs> you still got to be in the places. Still got to be in the. Places. Of course, they sit down in the cities. This we did the pre Broadway tour, so we were literally only one week. Yeah. in each city. So yeah. you, you come to Provincetown every summer and people come to see you and it's, you know, people come, you know, we know we're going to see Linda. Do you have any other cities you go to at the same time each year? Or yeah. Like, what's your year yeah. like as far as touring and performing? No, not ones that were a specific city where I'm known for being at a certain time, except, you know, what? A lot of times in the winter, I'm in Florida, obviously. But yeah, and you do gigs at still at 54 Below. Yeah, that yeah. I would say that's pretty much the the only other than you know P Town where it's sort of it's 54 Below, which it's the intimate intimateness of the rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, where do you play in LA? Well, I'm gonna I'm just gonna go out there uh, in a few weeks to go to uh, actually not September, but or yeah, it is September, Irvine. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So yeah. no, there's not any certain times of year that I'm at specific. Places like Well, people can look on your website if they yes. yeah. and, and all that. And follow you on all the socials. Mm-hmm. You've got, yeah. There's great Linda Etter content. They can be part of the voting process right. maybe on your next album. Well, Anything's if they really possible. want to know me, they could buy my DVD of my behind the scenes of my life that I made. Oh, oh wow. Behind the scenes. Well, yeah, I bought... Well, you know how everyone puts... I do. I, I am trying to develop... Uh, my YouTube channel because I just haven't and you know I so I'll be the oldest blogger or vlogger there is, but it's really hard because you have to constantly yeah. put one up oh, there yeah. and it takes so much time editing and all that which I really enjoy but I had bought one of these phone things you stick on your windshield so I could put my phone on it uh-huh. and I was going to the grocery store and I just hit the camera and I started <gasps> filming myself to go in the grocery store because I wanted to experiment with uh, editing in iMovie which I had never mm-hmm. done. I thought, this is kind of fun. So I filmed a little more the next day, and I was learning how to put it all together. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to make a DVD. So I spent three years collecting clips Whoa, of my life, going, taking it with me to my shows, being down at my horses. Part, my life, basically. A, a lot of my life. Over a three-year period, mm-hmm. it's like three hours long. And I also made three music videos in it of my three country songs that I wrote. Oh, amazing. That I put in there is that I wrote, yeah, that's what I write. I write country songs. Oh, okay. So I took three of them and made like videos within it. And uh, so people can get the DVD. Is it streaming Yeah, it's anywhere? for sale. It's one of my items that's for sale. I have it after my shows and I don't make any of my music available for download. The uh, last four albums I've done, you can only buy them the uh, on my website, the physical CD mm-hmm. or the CD at my shows. I don't put everyone. This is old school. I, yeah, I won't do it. Oh my God, uh, I'm dying to see that DVD. Yeah, we and, that, and then I yeah. made the DVD. So, and I tell people you're either you're either gonna be absolutely 
you're bored out of your mind or completely fascinated, depending <laughs> no. on how big of a fan you are. Yeah. Amazing. And I love that kind of stuff anyway. <laughs> just like the behind the scenes. Totally. And it's very, you know, it's totally behind the scenes. Yeah, totally I live for it. Well, we live for you. You're so we wonderful. You, Linda. Thank we you love so you. much. Thank We're you really so much. grateful. It's such okay. a treat. You're welcome. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for listening to Ben Rimmelauer's Broken Records on Broadway World. For more episodes, visit Broadway World, iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever podcasts do be. <laughs> Come back next week as we continue our special Winter in a Summertown mini-season, featuring the most fabulous talents from Provincetown and Fire Island. Next up, the legendary Jeffrey Roberson, a.k.a. Varla Jean Merman, coming in to talk about the original cast album of The Mad Show. And after Varla, we'll be chatting with four-time Tony nominee Judy Kuhn and drag icon Miss Richfield 1981. This episode was recorded at The Crown and Anchor in Provincetown. Visit them online at onlyatthecrown.com. This episode was edited by me, Daniel Nolan. Thanks to Emmy-winning composer and lyricist Lance Horn for the Broken Records theme song. Follow us both, Ben Rimmelauer and Daniel Nolan, on all y'all's socials. That's Ben Rimmelauer. B-E-N-R-I-M-A-L-O-W-E-R. And that's Nolan with an E, not Nolan with an A. Because Nolan with an A is an A. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the RISE Theater Directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.